0: Thank you for joining me, Katie Feeney, for my Sing My Soul podcast. A time to connect to your soul and hear the song that's within you. On Tuesdays, I tell stories from my memoir, Three Fingers Cove. My hope is that by accompanying me on the journey through these stories, you'll find your own moments and know that grace accompanies you too. Today's chapter is called The Clan. My mother was one of eight children, and between them, they gave my grandmother 47 grandchildren. The family had gone through much adversity in their formative years the stock market crash, the depression, World War II, Korea. The brothers and sisters were very close and proud of their family and each other. As happened with many families, they scattered and settled around the country and the globe, but their homing beacon brought them together regularly for holidays and family reunions. My childhood memories are full of fun times at my grandmother's house, playing with the cousins, Thanksgiving dinners with more people than we could count, and big celebrations and reunions that were even covered in the local paper. My mother's sister Dorothy, Aunt Doffy as we lovingly called her, had no children, so she kept us all in touch and was the family photographer and archivist. Every reunion and gathering had an obligatory slideshow with lots of jokes made and memories shared. The slideshows themselves became treasured memories, and the pictures are captured moments of very happy times. My grandmother, Nana, was a very proud woman. She was a no-nonsense type, and she ruled the roost, as they say. She was most proud of her children. However, my mother and her sisters would often roll their eyes and look at each other when Nana would hold up her hand and proudly say, I have five sons. Now, my mother and aunts loved their brothers, and I can still remember the excitement in the house when one of them was coming to visit. But it was a product of the times, I suppose, that they weren't included in the count or boasted of with as much vigor my mother and her sisters were very much forces of nature in the Feeney family Aunt Marion, my godmother was known as the general which is a story you'll hear later in the series and Aunt doffy and my mother could organize and run anything they put their mind to if they had been born in another age they could have been president CEOs or empresses My mother loved to tell the story of a day in her childhood when her youngest brother, Jerry, learned a difficult lesson. As she told it, she was upstairs in the house when she heard the front door slam, and her eight-year-old brother stomp in and yell, Mother, adultery is not what you said it was. She said all the older siblings gathered at the stairs to listen to what would happen next. Apparently, in an attempt to stop her son from going to the bathroom outside, Nana told him that it was a sin against the Sixth Commandment. So when Jerry went to confession and confessed that he had sinned against the Sixth Commandment a few times, the priest needed a little clarification. So much to Nana's chagrin and Jerry's irritation, Father explained that Jerry had not broken the Sixth Commandment. Nana might have been better to just wrap this one in the Fourth Commandment. Every Christmas, my mother's aunt, Nana's sister, and her husband would come to spend the holiday. Aunt Margaret and Uncle Jim were much older and were very frail, so we would go pick them up on Long Island and bring them to our house in Northwest Jersey. It was a long trip but I loved taking the ride with my dad through New York City. He would stop and visit his sisters in Flushing on the way. It was a nice Christmas Eve tradition for my dad and I. Uncle Jim was almost deaf and didn't wear hearing aids, so Aunt Margaret would repeat everything that was said a few decibels higher. This made for hilarious, although at times frustrating, pre-, post-, and during-dinner conversations. The funniest story about Aunt Marg and Uncle Jim was told by my Uncle Jerry. They had a little bungalow on the North Fork of Long Island next to a bungalow owned by Nana's other sister, Hannah. One summer, Uncle Jerry and his family stayed in Aunt Hannah's bungalow. Aunt Margaret and Uncle Jim were ardent Yankee fans and watched every game. Uncle Jerry described the summer nights, lying in bed, listening to Aunt Margaret call the game for Uncle Jim at 20 decibels. Ball one, strike two, ball three, every pitch, every game. Nana made it a point to visit each family of her children and her grandchildren once a year. We loved it when she visited. She taught me how to play chess, solitaire, phrases like a month of Sundays and a blue moon. And I still think of her when I look at a red sky in the morning and recite, red at night, sailors delight, red in the morning, sailors take warning. When she visited, she always spoke about how good the other cousins were, how they helped, minded their parents, were well-behaved. Whatever she wanted us to do at the moment, it seemed our cousins were experts at it. We always thought, wow, we'll never live up to them. Then as we got older, we compared notes and realized that Nana was bragging about all of us to each other. Later in life, Nana started showing signs of dementia. This was hard on my mom. Nana forgot her. One day, my mom and I went to pick up Nana and bring her to our house for a week or so. When we got there, Nana didn't know who we were. Aunt Doffy reassured her, and she did come with us. But all week, she kept thanking us for having her for a visit, like we were strangers. So she would look at my father and say, you were sick, weren't you? She had been at our house when he had his heart attack. She eventually had to go to the nursing home. We would visit, I would bring my guitar, and we would sing and spend time, but she really didn't know who we were. One day, my Uncle Jerry came for a visit from Spain, where he lives. He stood in the doorway. Nana looked up and immediately raised her arms and said, Jerry, my baby, my baby. I'm sure that when my mom entered the pearly gates, Nana was there, arms outstretched, saying, Jean, my baby, my baby.
1: Listen now. My baby, I'll sing you soon to slumber, for it's not for you to want.
2: King.
1: And just for now I'll love you Most of all Just for now I'll love you Most of all For To claim you as its own Tonight you are my baby Tomorrow you'll
2: be gone
1: But just for now I love you more Just for now I ask you, baby, become my little boy before they love you so the most of all. Let me
0: Thank you for joining me for this episode of my Sing My Soul podcast. Please do me a favor and rate and review the podcast. It helps spread the word. And check out my website at katiefeeney.com for links to my albums at SoundCloud, my meditation app in the Apple Store, and my Patreon page, the way you can help support the podcast. God bless you and your families.